Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Colonel. We're back again. Hey, today on Coffee with the Colonel, we're going to be talking about subterranean warfare. Okay, I've been talking about several times, I've talked several times about the new Army fitness test. Guess what? The National Guard's going to spend $40 million to be able to do this damn thing. That pisses me off. And I'm going to do an op-ed on real news that occurred yesterday. Now, rise and shine. I know it's still dark out there, folks, at least for me. Maybe you're listening to me at a better hour. That's fine. I've already completed my morning PT. Had a good one. Yes, there's a follow-up to one I did uh, Tuesday, I believe. Now, I'm ready to have my first cup of coffee of the day. Now, good morning. I'm retired Lieutenant Colonel Bill Provident. I'd like to welcome you to a brand new edition of Coffee with the Colonel. I've done a stroll around the perimeter. The wire's good. No snaps, no breaks. Nothing's been disturbed. There's no meat or clothing hanging into it, so I know hanging in the wire, so I know no one's tried to penetrate it. Now, I haven't had to pop smoke yet, but just in case I have to, I want to keep the choppers warmed up over there at the Pelopad. We're still going to broadcast here at Action News Network, where we broadcast Southwest Ohio Swimming, the John Prophet Show, and we've heard it both ways, and this here, yours truly, Coffee with the Colonel. We're going to continue broadcasting the truth until we are overrun by the truth-denying progressive hordes. I'm going to have my morning coffee with you this morning, so sit back or yeah, get on the treadmill and do a walk or something while you're listening to me. Now, I'm going to start off with a, a story. It's uh, funny in a way, really embarrassing in a way, and uh, demonstrates morons. I said morons, or as Bugs Bunny would say, maroons, because we were there were a couple of troops at basic training at uh, Fort McClellan, Alabama, these two morons, maroons, uh, thought they had discovered uh, a wild marijuana growing. <laughs> well, so they decided to do what, you know, idiots would do. They decided to harvest the wild marijuana that was growing there, and they decided to smoke it. Well, they come down deathly sick. I mean, deathly sick, capital D on that deathly. Turned out they had smoked poison ivy. Well, you know, for some reason, smoking poison ivy and inhaling the, the, the whatever poison ivy into your lungs is not a good thing for you to do. Well, they ended up spending a good bit of time in the hospital. And because of that, and they were, well, let's say halfway through basic training. They, um, we were on a bivouac. That's where they found the stuff. They ended up being completely recycled. Oh, that no, 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 didn't stop there. They got an Article 15 for stupidity mainly for damaging government property that's them so they got they each lost uh, i don't know a couple months pay they suffered tremendously because you know poison ivy in the lungs i mean you know it's like on your skin just imagine what that stuff's like in your lungs of course they had it on their hands and whatever their you know whatever you know whatever part of their body actually was touched by the leaves so these idiots well again it's a uh, it's one of those Darwinian tales. These two guys weren't smart enough. Oh, by oh, they didn't. Then and also, we we finished that. They finished basic training at another company, but then they couldn't be MPs anymore because that was an MP OSID unit. So they got stuck over in a chemical corps. I see some uh, irony and uh, a couple of idiots smoking poison ivy, thinking it was marijuana, ended up in the chem corps. Now, nothing against the chemical guys because there are some things that I do appreciate the chem corps for, but uh, they. Uh, Apparently, didn't need the security clearances that the MPs would need, so that's why they would all, all the dirt, um, sorry, dirt bags, all the screw ups would end up over in the Chem Corps. Plus, the Chem Corps and the MP school were training on the same installation, Fort McClellan, Alabama, at that time, and so it didn't cost any money. 
There was no bus, nothing. We just shipped them right over to uh, the chem core, <laughs> the chem school. <laughs> well, future battlefields. Where might some of these places, these battlefields take place? Of course, as we're finding out in Iraq and, uh, and some in uh, uh, Afghanistan and other places, such as in, uh, you know, Somalia, that was urban warfare, taking place in cities. Now, some of these cities are ragtag places, but some are, they're getting bigger. Now, future battlefield could be subterranean. We're talking sewers, subways. Now, if you want to do a little history search on subterranean warfare or sewer or subways warfare, check out the, uh, the warfare, the Germans versus the, uh, the Russians in Stalingrad and other places there. They had a vast, they had a fair, the major cities there had a fairly modern uh, sewer system. They all had, and they had the subway system. So now the problem is it's darkness. And if you have the, the darkest I've ever been, I've been to Mammoth Cave and the, they turned off the lights there and it is, it's black. There's nothing. There is absolutely nothing you can see there. And, I'm not a fan of, well, I'm good with dark, but I am not a fan of closed-in places. We At Fort Benning, Georgia, we had a uh, sewer system that had been built for the troops, and basically it was just to go through it and come out the other end. It was more of a confidence thing because you're into tight, dark places. Uh, but it wasn't like what they're developing now. Now, at Fort Bragg, they have developed a, a, a subterranean warfare setup. Now, you got to remember, in sub, sub Terranian warfare, it's man-on-man. Man. You're not taking vehicles down there. There's no heavy weapons, no 50 cals, no uh, nothing. No mortars, no artillery, no air support. No artillery. You're just, your armor. You are down there. The walls and ceilings can collapse. The walls and ceilings can be very tight. They can be fairly, uh, they can be often frequently wet. They can be, of course, they're sewers. They can be rather smelly because you know what sewers are used for. Even Now, they've discovered this over in Mosul, uh, Russia, North Korea, all the Iran. All these places have complex um, facilities that are underground. So sometime or another, forces could find themselves being in underground. Now, uh, it's, it's, it's scary down there. Try to orient yourself. Okay, you've got a map, maybe. Maybe you've got on the top, you've got a map. You can have a map of the city. But how about underground? Do you have a map of, a, of the sewer system? Do you have a, an accurate map of the sewer system? Do you have an accurate map of the subway system? I know in, even in America here, there are subway lines in cities that have older subway, subways, such as New York City, lines that are closed off. There are sewer lines that are closed off. Okay? So what they're doing... They're preparing folks to fight underground. Now, there's differences there. Again, I've, I've told you, you can't have the heavier weapons. So you, what you've got on your back. Now, there are other problems with underground fight warfare. Air. Now, unless air is somehow being pumped into it, the further you go, the less likely you're going to have air. So you have a limited amount of time to fight under there. But you still have to take the fight to these guys. Okay sewers subways their mazes now there's also a lot of and if you go to new york city a good number of their things are underground such as all their um, telephone lines things like that they're underground 
Uh, they call them mud hogs. I'm trying to think what the guys there who generations of drilling underground, who build the subways, who build the accesses for every building going into the, every building where the uh, their 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 steam and such lines are running into it. Now the likelihood of warfare in a city is, of course, I'm an old guy. I was trained to fight and. Of course, we're always fighting the, the last war. That's the, our training for, to fight the last war. So I was trained to maneuver and uh, function in essentially jungle, in the woods. Now, we had to retrain people. We, now, we had to come up with new train to go back when we were going into the Desert Shield, Desert Storm, to fight in the desert. Navigation is different in the desert than in the, in the woods. Um, again, I go back to finding accurate maps. Now, unlike when I was playing around doing this stuff, and we didn't, and not every soldier carried their own night observation device. Now, when I was doing it, we were in the dark. We were literally in the dark. We would use a red lens flashlight, which is the same method that our tunnel rats used in Vietnam. They would use a red lens, flash, lens flashlight going through these tunnels. Now, there's nothing, I, I don't, there's not a whole lot of things I'm really afraid of. And I'm doing that to brag, but I do not like closed-in places. I'm not, I'm not even a big fan of rooms that don't have windows in them, okay? So you put me in, uh, when we practiced in that sewer stuff in uh, at Fort Benning, Georgia, I could do it because I was a hundred yards or something like that. You know, it wasn't like I was going to be down there for hours or days fighting it. Now, we were stacked up, you know, almost head to toe going through there but it wasn't i knew it had an end to it now it's entirely possible in future urban warfare that there may not be a foreseeable end once you go down in there if there's air and you can breathe you can be resupplied now you're gonna have to carry a lot of stuff on your back because your supply chain is you know back and everything you're being supplied with, the supply chains used to use in vehicles. Now, if you're down into a, the, the, the system, you're, they're going to have to man pack it to you. And the problem with, one of the problems with that is your route along the way has to be secured. Because you got some skinny-ass guys. They could, be tunnel, they could be coming through smaller access points that a typical American soldier can't get through. Because we are well-fed and we're fit. And plus, we're carrying tons of crap on our backs. So we don't always have the ability to go through skinny places, okay? Um, well, personally, I don't want to go through skinny places. I do not like those things. But this is a big source of training today. Now, they're spending a fortune on it in, uh, at uh, Fort Bragg. Now, the Marine, Corps have the, the Marine Corps has theirs at 29 Palms, and I don't have a lot of information on that because they are not uh, releasing as much information now if you actually go to the uh, military news website i've lost it military times website there's actually a video of these guys training they've got the filters on the camera so you can see them going through but there is no light down there now they're all wearing the night observation stuff well, a lot of them are and they're going through now again you have to carry everything on your back they're intending to get the intent here the Army Maneuver Center for Excellence is bringing it to at least a report of 26 of the 31 active brigade, combat brigades across the Army. They want to get as many through this training as possible. Now, of course, firsthand, the guys will get first of the folks of the paratroopers, airborne, who are stationed there at uh, Fort Bragg. Now, the first thing they're doing, they're using the manual. Now, get this. 
Uh, small unit training and subterranean environments, which was published in 2017, updating training practice that had not changed since going back to World War II. Now, a lot of it would not change, except that they have the night observation stuff now. Okay. Now we've been trying to do stuff even back when I was, we were doing some urban warfare, but what we had used at the time, we were using old World War II barracks and fighting through them. Now that is, did not really simulate, you know, urban warfare the way it really can be because you know, the buildings are a little farther apart, you know, but we were allowed to destroy them because I think they were getting rid of them. Now this new school down there, they're teaching breaching through a variety of methods because not everybody is going to have access, not every squad platoon is going to have access to sappers so they're teaching them a variety of breaching methods now some of these breaching methods are also uh, simply fireman's tools okay now they're also learning how to burn through okay the 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 the, the, the steel doors now there's also a place out at china lake california where uh, and there's other places where this training can take place now but uh, Fort Bragg is leading the way with the airborne. Now, the entire army is going to, not going to go through there. They're going to go through these other places. Now, it's important training. It needs to be done. Now, they have to learn how to, the battalion staff is going to have to learn how to command and control this because you may get down there and you may be deep enough that your comm sets are not going to be working. So they may have to run the old-fashioned landlines. Or not land, you know, landlines, you know, the uh, 312s and things like that, or whatever the new version of that is. Now, I've got a topic here that I've been talking about the, throughout the, the time here on Coffee the Colonel, the new Army fitness test. Now, first of all, the old Army fitness test, with uh, a good command voice, I could put 50 people out there doing, say, the push-up, another 50 counting, and a stopwatch. Okay, you tell them, get in position, ready, go. And they do two minutes of push-ups. And they, you know, the person counts, and then they write down the final number at the end of the two minutes. Again, one stopwatch. I could, And then they trade places after a second of rest, a couple seconds of rest. And I can test 100 men, 100 soldiers, in less than 10 minutes on the push-up. Then we do the sit-up. I needed one stopwatch in a good command voice. That's all I needed. Plus, you know, the soldiers take care of their own testing. Well, then for the two-mile run, if I didn't have a, let's say, a high school, a typical oval track around, I would just mark out two miles or a mile out and mile back at Fort, at, uh, Fort uh, Leavenworth, Kansas, for when I was there as a, becoming a cast cube instructor. It was on the old airfield. We went out a mile, had a nice big thing there, turn around, we turned around, come back. No facilities needed. Again, all you needed was stopwatch. And really, you only needed one stopwatch. And the guy calls off the time, and the people holding your card would write down the time for you as you came across the finish line. So you needed a, at most, a stopwatch could, te could, could uh, test an entire company. Well, now, guess what? The Army National Guard is looking for nearly 5,000 fitness instructors because you have to be specially trained for this new, this new fitness test. Oh, no, no, that's not the part that really pisses me off, cooks my grits to burning. They have to buy $40 million, that's the estimate, in workout equipment in the next seven months to help the soldiers meet the new physical fitness standards being set by the military service. Now, early on, this first started, I do believe it was the force comp commander. I hate to pin it on him if it was not him. But he said, huh, 
Every soldier can belong to a gym. Every every gym has this stuff. Well, I have to tell you, I belong to three different gyms. None of them have that hexagonal hexagon uh, deadlift bar. Now I've seen that. I, where where I've seen that is when I've toured around at college um, D1 athletic programs, weight programs. Okay, that's where I've seen those. I also saw one when I went to uh, York Barbell in York, Pennsylvania. I was tempted to buy one, but I'm an old man. I don't need one. I thought I don't need that damn thing. Now, they now as I'm going, I'm pulling this from memory. They have to have the uh, that bar that that plus they have to have the plate that bar that hexagonal bar you stand inside and do deadlifts with. Yeah, you know, I've never used one. I've seen them. I don't know the advantages, but hey, there they are. You have to also buy the weight that goes with them. Now you can't have one for a unit because let's say you've got a company of 200 guys or men and women. Hell, you know. They can't have one for everybody to use. Now, when are they supposed to come by? Are they supposed to use this thing on the weekend drill? You're supposed to work out, take take uh, training time out of your drill in order to do the fitness training on your own time or somehow organize it? Or is the drill hall going to be open and the equipment's going to be out and it's going to become a de facto gym for everybody? Now, I've got news. I lived... When I was in my first reserve unit, I lived four hours away from it. So I was not, I would not be going there to do it. Then later on, even as a company command, uh, battalion commander, I was a little better part of two, two and a half hours away. So it's, it's not practical. Now it's just me, but there are other soldiers who travel because they want to be in a particular unit. Now, you, now the, the way the guard and art the reserves works, you have to find your billet. So now sometimes if you're in the guard, because it's state, they might help you find another unit. But that unit, if you want to go from five to six or six to seven, or, you know, you may or your MOS may get shifted to another drill hall and it won't be down the street from your house. Now, I have a problem with that. I've had I've been complaining about this since the beginning. Now, here's what they're saying. For those who are already doing well in their fitness test, the routine figured out, I think going transition will be fine now. You've got 2,800 National Guard armories. Now, we're not even talking Army Reserve. The Army Reserve is going to have the same problem, okay? Now, I was in the, uh, the Guard for about a year, and I still, that was a three-hour drive. All my reserve units were, uh, except until I became a Cash Cube instructor, were, were all three or four hours away. Then I only had a 10-minute drive on a slow day, and then finally that got moved uh, to about two and a half hours away. So things happen like that. But there are 2,800 gar- uh, uh, armories out there. Now, they have to do the weekend drill, and they've got the two now how, the two weeks, supposedly, in the summer. And, of course, they got special missions to go fight fires, floods, because that's what the Guard does. Not to mention their combat roles that they get in Afghanistan and Iraq and things like this. How in the hell... Are these folks expected to prepare for this fitness test? This is one of those damn pie-in-the-sky things where someone, I'm believing, I'm going to guess it's a contractor, came up with this idea. Now, oh, I've got to remind you, there are, oh, there's also, uh, you need kettlebells, not just the, uh, the, 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 let's just take one, let's take a 200-man company if I was going to provide the equipment for it. I would want for 200 man company, soldier company, I'd want four. I'd want about five or six of these deadlift bars. Then there's a sled. There's sleds that have to have weight put on them. I'd want the same number, five or six of those. Okay. And of course, you have to have the area marked off where they'll use those. Then you have to have the kettlebells that they're going to be carrying. I want enough for 10 soldiers at least. So that's two 
you know, it's a 20 kettlebells. And I don't know what the weights vary or what I don't know what the hell the weights are. But so you have to have the weight, the different weights that'll be required because I'm guessing men and women will be required to carry different weights. Now, for each one of those uh, deadlifts, deadlift uh, um, bars, you're going to need the plates that go with it up to, say, let's say 400 pounds. Now, they have to be in increments small enough and large enough that you can fit on the lighter weights and you don't, and you can fit actually the heaviest weight the person might use on the bar, okay? Then... You need the, the medicine balls. Now, medicine balls are probably one of the easiest things to get, but you would need, I don't know what the weights are. Let's say there's two or three different weights. Again, I'd want enough for 10 soldiers to be able to train with the medicine ball. So that might be 30 of the, you know, if there's three, two or three weights, 20 or 30 for each. This is, can you see where this is going? Someone didn't think this out. Someone thought, oh, this is a great training program. Okay. Now, like I say, the, uh, now getting ready, the test is going to be uh, the deadlift with this bar. There's going to be uh, all the pull, the goofy ass pull up thing. Okay, the push ups are going to be different. But that doesn't take anything. Uh, you need the bar where you can pull up and do this goofy abdominal exercise that they want them to do. So those have to be purchased and bought. Now many units might have a, a pull up bar. Nah, my unit, none of my, no, actually none of the units I uh, was ever in had those. Because we expected people to work out at home. We didn't, we'd do a, uh, under Colonel Britt, we'd go out for a 10-mile run on Saturday and 10-mile run on Sunday after stretching. But we didn't do it. We did the fitness test, was it once a year, twice a year? It didn't take up an entire day. We would schedule it for either, for in the morning, get everybody there early, get it done, be ready to back in training because we'd have showers at, a, at the facility. And we'd be ready to go. But this thing is going to take a day or more. It might take an entire weekend to get it in. Because you have to have the equipment. You have to have the qualify. How long is it going to take to get 5,000 people trained to do this thing? And is that going to be their now their primary job? They're going to get extra drills to be at the reserve or the guard center in order to help people train? What the hell's going on here? People need to, the people at the top need to realize this is a bunch of crap. It is not even beginning to be realistic. So, eh, look this up. Find out what else is going on with that. And if you got, if you uh, I, if local folks need to complain about this, the guard, all, all guard, all guard members vote. So get out there and vote and say, hey, this is a bunch of crap. Contact your senators or someone and say, we need this is this is this is just ridiculous waste of money. Forty million dollars for fitness, basically fitness, do the fitness test. That's basically what it's going to be for. Because I can't imagine how many of them are going to be showing up during the week unless they live real close to work out. And who's going to keep the drill hall open so they can come in after hours or early hours? What I see also, they haven't worked any expense. So who's going to be there early? Let's say every morning at 5 or 6 in the morning. And every night until maybe 9 or 10 so that the guardsmen can come in and train. That has not been worked in. Now I want to talk a little bit about the news yesterday. Now the Cohen... There, there was a lot of things going on. The Cohen interview before the, the the Senate committee was the main thing I saw in the news. Several stations were carrying it all damn day. Talk about bore me to tears, people. So I didn't. I I jump into pieces of it, and uh, there uh, there's several things about this. He's brought up some things about the president that, if true, can be damaging to him. Now the problem is that I have with this. He's a lion sack of dog dirt. He's already lied to people, and apparently he's been a liar in his entire life. There's some evidence to that. Um, and I also have a question about lawyer-client confidentiality. How can that be breached in this case? Hmm? 
can we all expect our lawyers to turn on us if we if they are given a little bit of pressure? Now, I don't have anything the lawyer I don't have a lawyer per se. I don't have anybody's going to turn on us. I don't have a I don't have a need of a lawyer until I need a lawyer. Then I'll go have to hunt one down. I guess I don't know. But I thought there was a lawyer confidential confidentiality thing here. Now you look behind as you watch the if you were watching it, and you're facing Mr. Cohen over his right shoulder. You saw Lanny Davis. Now who is Lanny Davis? If you don't recall, he is the best BFF of Hillary and Bill Clinton. He was, I think, a member of their White House staff at one time. I could be wrong on that. He might have just been some type of an advisor through the campaign and some kind of a personal advisor on issues and things. But he is a BFF of them. And now this this Diane, he, and oh, I've heard him talk, he is fairly far left. And now he's the, he's the representation for Cohen, who was the president's lawyer. I don't know. They, they did ask one question that I was not satisfied with. Someone asked who was paying for his attorney fees. And I, did, I didn't care much for the, the answer that he gave because he, he leaned back to He didn't know. He didn't know the answer to that. Hell, if I hired a lawyer, I know I'm paying his fees, okay? He didn't know the answer to that, so he actually had to confer with his lawyers. Uh, so I, I'm really curious about that. That sounds fishy to me, if nothing else. Uh, I think basically they, the, the answer was, oh, they'll wait till he gets out of jail. Well, I'll tell you what. Show me an attorney that's going to wait till someone gets out of jail to pay him. Okay. I'm really nosy about that. Now, something else that was big in the news, and I think bigger. You have two nuclear powers, India and Pakistan. They're shooting at each other. Now, it's not the usual shooting at each other. Two air, two Indian... Air Force aircraft were shot down, I believe that's correct, by the Pakistanis. Now, first of all, why was India, they're, 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 the Pakistanis claiming they were crossed the border. Now, why were they doing that? Did they just want to see if somebody would shoot at them? Well, now they're short two multi-million dollar aircraft, and India is not exactly the richest country. It's one of the poorest countries in the world. It's coming around to be, a, a, its goal is to be a first world country. That's why they're burning all this coal. They want to be us. So they're pri- they're they're into uh, essentially where we were in our industrial revolution. Now they're a little farther along than that, but they're trying to be us. So they're burning all this coal and they're trying to become a first world country. Now, why that should have been the lead? We've got two countries that hate each other. There's a long history there. Okay, people, it's religious, it's cultural, it's ethnic. It, there's a lot of things there. Um, and they both have nukes, and they are actually beginning, possibly beginning a shooting war. Now they pop, they they have for years taken pot shots at each other across the border up there, in, especially in the Kashmir area. But it's a big difference between a, you know, let's say a five-five-six or a seven-six-two round going past someone, than a something that can shoot an aircraft down or a couple of aircraft down. First of all, it doesn't say much for the Indian Air Force that they couldn't avoid getting shot down. Hmm. Yeah, it's just, you know, but it does say something for the Pakistani uh, air defense system. Those guys should get a medal because just because they apparently know how to do their work, do their job. But why? Why is that not leading the stories? And of course, the, the president's uh, apparent failure in uh, with North Korea, which he walked away. So I don't see a failure. Everybody, everybody, all the, so many people wanted him to fail. You'd think they'd want him to one in the Korean War. 
think they'd want him to help maybe uh, free up some aspect of North Korean life, maybe get uh, some uh, uh, some sort of uh, economic thing going between South and North, or maybe between the West and them. Yeah, but not if they're going to keep trying to do Well, that. no, 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 no. But that's, why, that's why nothing's happening. Right. They're not. But there's so many people out there rooting against this. And also they're saying, oh, he's, Trump's going to give everything away. Well, apparently he didn't give anything away. He said, no, they're not going to cooperate, so I'm just going to walk away from this. And that's what you do. Of course, he's going to catch crap. from Now he's going to catch crap because he didn't negotiate some kind of a deal there. <laughs> it's funny. Now. I and the other people here, the staff here at Axiom News Network, and they're all they're lined up in the hallway here trying to get into the studio to do their shows, and that's the way it is. Always welcome your comments. So, you know, we do. So please let us know what you're thinking. You can either go to Axiom News Network. There's a place to comment there. Or you can do it on Facebook. We want you to, you know, com- go to Facebook. We want you to like us, uh, comment, share. Okay? We want you to do all that stuff. We want you to subscribe to all the podcasts. Again, we've got the John Provitt Show. We've heard it both ways. John Provitt Show is a five-day-a-week show. We've heard it both ways. Just hit its 52nd show, a full year podcasting, one a week. Um, the Southwest Highest Wearing Podcast, which is one every week or two. You know, it's, it's hard to tell. Get coach lined up. And then you got my show, which is usually two a week. Now, we want you to, again, go subscribe to all the stuff. We want you to go to our website, read our articles, because there are tons of articles posted there. I don't know how many we posted yesterday, but there was quite a bit, and along with the podcasts that come up. So we would like you to join us converse with us tell us what you're thinking okay we're open to it we really do like to hear from you so now i want to wish you a good day you get out there and do something good for yourself do something ah, by the way do something good for someone else it won't hurt a bit you might like it thank you for listening